0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And today I'm going to bring you a little something that I like to call King for a Day, the birth and death of a 24-hour Twitter legend. And if you don't know the story, ooh, is it something else? The Jets were in the midst of a head coaching search that had engulfed all of Jets' Twitter and pretty much every Jets fan out there. And while this was going on, multiple reporters had so many different reports about who was going where. Some were saying Adam Gase was in the mix. Some were saying that the Jets were focusing on Matt Rule. Others were saying that Mike McCarthy was a heavy contender. Some even said that Todd Monken was in the mix. So nobody knew what to believe and nobody knew what was really going on. And that's when, on Twitter, one person emerged who said he did know what was going on and he knew it for sure. Carl Abramson, who we would later learn was a high school kid in Massachusetts, was on Twitter claiming he had an exclusive from a source that Matt Rule, the head coach at Baylor, was going to be named Jets head coach that night at 6 p.m. This was on Wednesday. At the time, barely anybody had ever heard of Carl, and it's not like his Twitter account was loaded with followers. He had about 200 at most. Well, within hours and after some attention and retweets from some fairly prominent people, all of a sudden, Carl's Twitter account ballooned, getting all the way up to 1,400 followers. People all over Twitter were tweeting about Carl. He had become the biggest story on Jets Twitter, believe it or not. 6 p.m. came and went, and Matt Rule had not been signed as the next head coach of the New York Jets. People continued to speculate about Carl, and then, of course, we know what happened. The news broke that Matt Rule was staying at Baylor, and then shortly after that, the news broke that Adam Gase would be the next head coach of the New York Jets. At that point, a lot of the people on Jets' Twitter who had been propping Carl up and praising him turned on him and started saying really nasty things, and many who had followed him earlier that day unfollowed him. But for a short period there, Carl had caught wildfire, and his Twitter report was the only thing that anybody could talk about. So in the wake of everything, everybody's wanted to know, what happened? Did he actually have a source? Was he just trolling? Was he just a kid who was bored and taking a wild guess? And also, why did people believe this kid and get caught up in the whole hoopla when hours earlier he was just an anonymous person on Twitter? Was it the fact that name reporters didn't seem to really know what was going on? Was it because of the confident nature in which he presented himself and the fact that he seemed to be telling people what they wanted to hear? Or maybe in some ways it was all of the above. I really wanted to get to the bottom of this, so I reached out to Carl and asked him to come on to the podcast to tell his side of the story. And so here he is, live from Massachusetts, really glad that he agreed to come on the show. Carl Abramson. Carl, thanks so much for coming on, man. How How you doing?
1: No, uh, just sitting in my room, Lexington, Massachusetts. Um, excited to talk to you.
0: It's great to have you on because I really wanted to get to the bottom of what happened here. So Carl, let's start with this. You live in Massachusetts. Are you mm-hmm. actually a Jets fan? And if so, how the heck did that happen? Yeah,
1: so I am a Jets fan. So the way that I became a Jets fan was my dad's from New York, but it's actually not where it started. Um, when I was in kindergarten, and I liked football, but I mean, I was five or six years old, so I wasn't following it very closely, my after-school teacher was a huge Jets fan, and because I didn't really have a team, I knew I didn't like the Patriots, because I'm also a Yankees fan, so I knew I just didn't like the Patriots, but my after-school teacher kind of got me hooked on the Jets, he got me a t-shirt, he got me a little flag, and ever since then, I've been a huge Jets fan, the last couple years it's kind of picked up to a point where I would say I'm a little addicted to the team, but yeah, that's where it started.
0: So, the theory of some that you were some secret Patriots fan who was trying to mess with Jets fan, not true.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely not true. Hate the Patriots. Hope they do not do well in these playoffs. And hopefully Brady's gone in a year or two. Hopefully the same can be said for Belichick.
0: You hear that Jets Twitter? He's a good kid. He hates the Patriots. Leave him alone. (laughs) So, Carl, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this whole situation. You have a Twitter account that at the beginning of Wednesday had very few followers, something like 200. At a certain point in the day, it jumped up to about 1,400. That happened because you tweeted out that you had a scoop that the Jets were going to be hiring Matt Rule, the head coach at Baylor, by Mm -hmm. 6 o'clock that day. First of all, you don't have to give me the specifics of who gave you the information, but did you have a real source telling you this, or was it a troll job where you were just like, eh, let me throw this out there as a joke and see what happens?
1: It was not a troll job. I had some information that almost turned out to be correct. It looks like if the Jets had gone through how they probably should have on this search, then I would have been correct, and it likely would have been over by 6 p.m.
0: Where did you get the 6 p.m. thing from? Somebody actually told you 6 p.m.? Yeah, 6 p.m.
1: was a direct time that I was given. And because I had so little followers, I figured I'd just throw that out there as part of the tweet. And it was done, I believe. I believe Rule pulled out about 7.30 and Gates was hired about 7.45.
0: You don't have to give me any specific names or anything like that, but the source was somebody at Florham Park? Yes. Interesting. Because a lot of people thought, okay, this kid is making it up, but as Chris Dimbley and I were talking about yesterday, there's no way you could have foreseen this blowing up into what it blew up into, right? At what point did you realize that this thing had caught fire? It was when I
1: started to get retweets from big people. I got a retweet from Damian Woody. I got a retweet from... Joe Caparoso, And that was when I sort of realized that people are taking this seriously. And even though I knew that it was the truth and what I was tweeting was true, just because I'm a kid, I'm a high schooler from Massachusetts, I didn't expect anybody to actually take it seriously. So that was when when I sort of realized, okay, people are going to take this seriously. And if this turns out to be true, it's a pretty big deal.
0: You had people tweeting some insane stuff at you. I saw one guy actually tweeted at you that if you turned out to be right, he would let you, let's say, do things with his wife. Were you amazed mm-hmm. at the reactions that you were getting as this whole thing was playing out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There was somebody who um, managed to like Photoshop my face onto a video of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that was definitely a favorite <laughs> of mine. And my friends, my friends thought that was awesome.
0: <laughs> so, with this whole story with Matt Rule, the whole time that this thing had caught fire, was your source reinforcing what you had heard? Were you still hearing this is a done deal? It's going to happen by six p.m. all the way up to the end?
1: No. So i I heard about it. I believe my tweet was about um, it was about 1.30 in the afternoon. I heard about it. Um, maybe about one. Decided so to get on Twitter, put it out there. And then there wasn't really much else for me to ask about up until about maybe 5, 5.30. And then around 6 o'clock when the deadline was coming up and it wasn't going to happen by 6, I got back on Twitter and mentioned that it's not going to happen by 6, but it is going to happen. Because I figured I've gone this far with it. I'm still very, very confident in my source and I'm very confident in what's going to happen. Why not double down and just go all in on that rule? And so I did that. And then... I did not hear from my source that Rule had pulled out. I, the first place that I heard about Rule officially not going to the Jets was, was from um, Ian, Ian Rappaport.
0: So your source that gave you this information had been right several times in the past?
1: Yes, I'd heard small things in the past that I, I hadn't really put out on Twitter just because it, I don't use Twitter that much. It's not a big deal for me. But But this time I figured why not just put it out there. But I had heard stuff in the past that a couple hours before it had become official that I'd heard. And so I figured this time, he's, he's probably going to be right. Why not just go
0: for it? Out of curiosity, what else did this source tell you? Did he say that Rule was the number one choice and maybe that Gase was the backup plan? Did he tell you anything other than the fact that it was going to be Rule?
1: Yeah, so I heard that it was going to be Matt Rule and that the Jets were going to... So what I heard was that the Jets and Matt Rule were going to speak again that day about the head coach opening because. What had been mentioned earlier on Twitter, I think by somebody else was that the Jets were going to meet again as a group, like the front office and the GM were going to meet, um, on, I believe it was Wednesday, on Wednesday afternoon to, um, or around noon and speak about who they wanted to go after and kind of figure out who they're going to speak to first. So what I knew from that was that it was going to be Matt Rule was going to be the first person they were going to reach out to. And they never, they never did offer the job to Rule. The reason they didn't offer the job was because of the issues with um, specifically the offensive coordinator. So they never offered the job, but I think that if they had, Rule likely would have accepted it. And his whole thing about how he's not going to accept an arranged marriage is because the Jets never offered the job officially because they weren't willing to bring in Matt Rule, who wasn't willing to let the Jets dictate who going to interview for offensive coordinator and dictate his options on that.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. So your understanding is that this was a second chat, and at this point the Jets were interested enough that they might have offered him the job if he had accepted being dictated to as far as the staff goes? If he had accepted
1: being dictated on the offensive coordinator and offensive staff, because Donald's the main focus of the team right now, then they would have offered him the job and he would have accepted.
0: At what point did you realize... That this wasn't going to happen. And did your source ever actually get back to you and say, hey, listen, looks like this isn't going to happen?
1: My source got back to me after the fact. I learned about it from the interrupt report. He said that Matt Rule had texted his coaching staff at Baylor and that he was not going to take the Jets job. Even when there was was a tweet going out that um, Matt Rule was still in Waco, Texas, which was totally believable because somebody else would say he was in Florin Park. But I expected I would have heard about that before it had been put out there. So that was something that didn't shock me that he was still in Waco, and I still believe that he was going to the Jets. But then when Rappaport said that he was staying at Baylor and he was talking to his coaching staff at Baylor about staying at Baylor, that was when I knew that it wasn't going to happen.
0: Tell me about the fallout here. Everybody was propping you up. You said the Stone Cold Steve Austin gift, which is hilarious to me. I love that. I'm a huge Stone Cold Steve Austin fan myself. At what point did people start to turn on you, and what were the reactions like?
1: Yeah, so people started to turn... I'd say about a a third of Jeff's Twitter turned on me at about 6 o'clock when I was wrong on the time. Another third turned on me when it was official that Matt Rule was not going to be head coach. And the other third stuck uh, stuck with me, realized that I'm a high school kid. It's not that big of a deal. I was wrong on Matt Rule. But pretty much, people were just kind of saying, oh, we believed in you. Because I think, more than anything, it wasn't even that people wanted Matt Rule. It was that people didn't want Adam Gates. People didn't want Mike McCarthy. So I think that was where the anger was coming from it wasn't the anger towards me it was the anger towards the situation and the anger towards hiring adam as and head coach
0: yeah and i talked to chris nimbley about this on the podcast friday I think a lot of this had to do with there was so much confusion as to what the Jets were going to do because there were multiple reports coming from so many different places. And you came out and you had, A, a declarative statement, and B, you were saying something that a lot of people wanted to hear. And so you put those two things together, and I think that's why this caught wildfire. Which were the first few accounts that were major accounts that started to retweet you? was Damian Woody and who else?
1: It was Damien Woody, I got a retweet from Damian Woody, I got a retweet from um Joe Caparoso. And then the big thing that happened was um at about three o'clock Ben Albright came out and said that it looks like the Jets are gonna hire Matt Rule or that the Jets head coach opening is leaning towards Matt Rule. And that was when I um for the first time I really got vindicated on it because everyone was going crazy about it on Twitter, but there was nobody who has like real real sources inside. Like I had, I had a single source inside. I assume Ben Albright has multiple sources inside or else he wouldn't have tweeted what he did. But he, when he tweeted that, then everyone was like, okay, Carl seems legit, he seems like he knows what's going on. And then I started to get more and more retweets, and that's how it really got big.
0: Everything now, as far as this whole experience, what do you take away from this, and where do you go from here? Is it just whatever, I put this in the past, who cares, no big deal, I'm going to mute some people, block some people, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. How did this affect you one way or the other?
1: Yeah, so I've muted nobody, I've blocked nobody, anybody can tweet at me whatever they want, I'm ready to take it, but I'm just going to keep tweeting about the Jets, and hopefully, at some point in the future, I'm going to get another scoop like this, and I believe that next time it'll be it'll probably be right, because my source has been correct on a lot of stuff, and was wrong on the one thing that I put out on Twitter, so hopefully in the future, when I get some information and I put it out there, it'll be correct, and then i was just kind of go from there. I don't know. Twitter's more of a hobby for me than anything, <laughs> but it's pretty interesting to see kind of how much people will believe, even though, because when I tweeted it out, I, I'm not totally sure what my Twitter bio was, but it wasn't what I then changed it to, which was uh, Jets Football Insider, which was only because if people looked at my account and saw that I think it had something to do with politics, the bio, that nobody was going to believe it, but because I knew that it was true, I changed it so that people would I actually take some stock in what I was
0: saying. Yeah, I think you learned the hard way that Jets Twitter is an insane asylum, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, the next time you have a big scoop, I hope that you'll reach out to me and come on the podcast so we can talk about it. And I wanted to ask you also, Carl, one thing Mm -hmm. that people don't know, and you alluded to the politics and, and all of that, you're a kid in Massachusetts People don't know your story. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you end up with sources in the Jets organization, for starters?
1: Yeah, so I, back in 2016, I worked a little bit for um, Students for Trump, which was a student-run organization throughout the country, as the state director for Massachusetts. And we were working like across the nation with, it was separate from the Trump campaign, but it was also talking to the Trump campaign a fair amount. And so I made a couple sources in there. People realized I was a Jets fan. I talked to the people that way. And then once in a while, I'll just kind of reach out and say, hey, do you know what's going on with this? And I'll usually hear back and it'll usually be correct. That's how I kind of foster my relationship with somebody who's been feeding me some information. And, yeah, that's pretty much the story.
0: Do you have any aspirations to be an actual sports reporter? Or was this just, I'll throw this out on Twitter, because it's kind of interesting that you've developed sources at a young age. I know that there's a story about young Jake Steinberg, who used to do this, Mm -hmm. and now he's actually doing sports reporting. Is that something that you want to do?
1: I don't think so. Um, I'm planning to study political science in college. I think that I'm more interested in the political side of things, the political side of news. But sports are definitely a big part of my life. They're a big part of what I'm interested in. So I'll see where things go, and I'll definitely learn more about it, learn more about journalism and stuff like that. But at this point, I would probably say, no, this might be it.
0: But you might want to be a reporter in some way, maybe just not sports? Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Carl Abramson, I'm so glad we had a chance to chat because I was really curious about your story and I was really curious about how this whole thing blew up. Overall, looking back at it now, what do you take away from the whole experience?
1: It's a pretty crazy place. Anything can happen. People will believe... When people are desperate, they'll believe anything, even if it's true or not. And mine, I knew it was true, and it didn't end up happening, but my the information that I had was correct, but there was no reason for people to believe me. People believed me because they were desperate to hear something good about the Jets coaching search. And I think if I tweeted out the exact same thing, my exact same tweet, but I put in the words Adam Gase instead of Matt Rule, it would not have gotten even close to as many likes and retweets and views as it did.
0: Carl, you are wise beyond your years because, as Chris Nimbley and I said yesterday, I think there's a lot of truth to what you just said. Thanks so much for joining me on Play Like a Jet today. Really appreciate for having it. having me on. Yeah, absolutely, and I hope you'll come back, especially if your source, who's been right a lot of times, feeds you some more information. I hope things turn out well for you. I know you're in Thank high you. school right now. You're going to college next? Yes, I am. Where are you going, if you don't mind me asking? Uh,
1: I'll be attending Rice University in Houston, Texas.
0: Oh, wow. All right. Well, if anything happens down there, you get any jet scoops down in Houston, I hope I'm the first one that hears. When do you go? You go off in September?
1: Yeah, I'll go off in uh, mid-August.
0: Oh, all right. Great. Listen, good luck. I love it down there. I've never been to Houston, but I'm a big fan of the state of Texas. I've been down there a bunch of times. So hopefully we can stay in touch and you can let me know what's going on down there in Houston. Really glad that you were able to come on the podcast. For anybody that is unfamiliar with your story, Carl, go ahead and let them know where they can find you on Twitter. Because I would imagine if they're hearing this chat, more than likely they know who you are. But just in case, where can they get you on Twitter? And are there any other things you want to plug?
1: Yeah, so if you're looking for some good Jet takes, or maybe in the future a little insider information, you can check me out at Carl Abramson, that's K-A-R-L-A-B-R-A-M-S-O-N. My current bio is, yeah, I was wrong about Matt Rule. <laughs> and you can check me out. Um, I'll be tweeting occasionally about the Jets, occasionally about other stuff. And yeah, should
0: be a good time. I got to say, Carl, for an 18-year-old kid, you know how to take your lumps. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks again for joining me, Carl. Really appreciate it. Don't forget, I will be back tomorrow with coverage of the presser of Adam Gase as the new head coach of the New York Jets. He's going to be introduced officially. At 2 o'clock today, and so tomorrow we will have everything that went on in the presser and all the latest news with Daryl Slater of NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media. In the meantime, go ahead and follow Carl on Twitter. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turn TurnOnTheJets.com.